0: Turn to somebody you're sitting next to and just say, it's time to get fit. Just tell them, it's time to get fit, right? That's on our mind anyway. It's, it's the new year, and, and we think about getting fit, like physically getting fit. I, was, I went to the gym yesterday. Um, I didn't work out. I just renewed my membership, but still, I was at the gym yesterday, and I'm ready. I renewed it, and gym memberships were flying off the shelf, and uh, it's, uh, you know what I realized when it comes to working out? Like, I never realized how long a minute was until I started exercising. I mean, it can take an hour and a half. So, uh, it's, and when I say exercising for me, this is personally for me, I don't mean running. Okay, I don't do that anymore. I used to run on the treadmill, run outside, no, no, no. Like, I'll get on the elliptical, I'll, I'll grab weights and work out, but if you see me running... Well, if you see me running, you should run too because something bad is coming. That's what that means. I don't do that. But, but it's, it's so interesting that in the beginning of a new year, we'll, we'll focus on our physical health, which we should. We'll focus on maybe getting better as a, as a parent or a, a partner or a spouse in our, in our marriage. We'll focus on that, but we'll neglect the spiritual side, which is, by the way, the most important side because spirituality is going to impact your physicality. It'll impact your emotions. It'll impact your relations. It impacts everything. Say everything. Everything in your life. This is why I am so excited about a series called Spiritual Fitness 101. This series centers on spiritual disciplines. You may not even know what that means or what they are. That's that's good, because that's you're gonna, we're going to learn that together in this series. But there are disciplines, exercises that you and I can do to strengthen us spiritually and strengthen our relationship with our Creator, with our God, with our Father. And But you got to get intentional, just like working out with anything. So you, again, I told you earlier, you picked an incredible weekend to come. Um, the spiritual discipline that we're looking at as we kick off this series is one that you're going to be familiar with. Um, it's it's prayer. Prayer is a spiritual discipline. But yet I wonder how many of us didn't even maybe pray this morning, and I'm not judging you if you didn't. Uh, maybe you didn't pray. Maybe you can't remember the last time you prayed. It, it's crazy that I'll hear people say, and I probably have said this before too, that in a, in a situation we'll say something like, well, all we can do is pray. It, it, it's like a last resort when in reality, prayer should be our first response, shouldn't it? If we truly believe in the power of prayer, it should be our first response. So even before I get into the scripture with you, I I thought about what are some misconceptions? What are some maybe lies that we believe that keep us from praying? That keep us from going to God? I'm going to give you three. These are three that I thought of that I think will keep us from going to God in prayer. Number one, the idea that everything is predetermined, right? God already knows what's going to happen. He's ordered our steps. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future. It's already all worked out, so why, uh, my prayer doesn't even matter. It's not going to make a difference because it's all been planned. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think that the life of Jesus when he walked the earth, everything he did, would you agree that it mattered? Like, yeah, like Jesus was pretty intentional. He only had three years to really do ministry and make an impact in the world before he left physically. Yet Jesus prayed all the time. Jesus would go away to pray. He would teach people to pray. He would model prayer. He would always be praying. And yet, so, so what does that tell you? It tells me and you that prayer does matter. Like, and if anybody could say it doesn't matter, it would have been Jesus, i mean jesus is god right jesus could have easily said this makes no sense i'm praying to myself you know uh dear me um in the name of me you know it just it's like if anybody could say i don't need prayer it'd be jesus and jesus needed it and that tells me that we need it it also tells me that god uses our prayer god uses our prayers to accomplish his 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 purposes he does so so don't let the lie, well, oh, everything's predetermined. My prayers don't make an, uh, an impact. You're going to see in the message today, in the scripture today, how powerful your prayers are. All right, misconception number two. Number two is this. You just have to pray once and you're done, right? One and done. So if I do pray, I'm just going to pray it and I'm good to go. Whether God does it, anything with it or not, that's up to him. Well, what, uh, one prayer is powerful, But what I the more I study scripture, the more I see that those who are persistent, those who like they're just they're not giving up on on what they're asking God, boy, God seems to honor that. God seems to lean in. Jesus, let's go back to Jesus. Good example, I would say. Jesus, one time in a garden, he prayed the same prayer three times. He didn't stop once, he kept going. Paul, Paul, if you don't know, Paul wrote a lot in the New Testament, this apostle Paul. Paul one time prayed the same prayer three times, asking for God's help. Heck, the the Old Testament prophet that we're looking at today named Elijah, you'll see see today he prayed the same prayer seven times. There's something about persistent prayer. There's something about not just doing it once, but believing that God honors and listens every time that we throw a prayer his way. So you heard number one, you heard number two, number three. Number three, I think a misconception is this, that our faith might waver or even crumble if we pray and God doesn't answer it. Like It's like we think we're going to protect God, especially, or the faith of people around us. Well, if I pray this bold prayer for healing over them and, and God doesn't heal them, then you know uh, my, my faith in God wavers, their faith in God wavers. So you know what the safer thing is to do? Not pray at all. But can I lovingly tell you something? God won't answer 100% of the prayers that you don't pray. 100%. So, so whether you, and and, uh, so I've been guilty of something, and God showed me something in in studying for this this message. And maybe you have been too. Sometimes when I pray for somebody, and, and there's different scenarios, and we'll kind of talk about these, but I'll pray, I'll end the prayer by saying, God, if it's your will. Or at the end of the day, God, I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that, but, but your will be done. It's almost like a cop-out. In, in, in other words, we have to protect God in case God doesn't do it. Then we feel better about ourselves, like, oh, that must not have been God's will. Check this out. As I studied scripture, I wrote this down because I did not want to forget to tell you. This astonished me. When Jesus prayed for others, he never concluded a prayer by saying, God, your will be done. Now, when he was praying for himself, he would. But every time he prayed for somebody else, he never, he never said that. In fact, neither did any of the disciples. Neither did any of the prophets. None of them closed their prayer with that. That blew me away. Because I have multiple times. So, so when you pray for somebody else, it's called intercessory prayer. That's just a big, fancy spiritual word for praying for another person. Every time Jesus did that, every time these these pillars of faith did that, they never they never ended in saying God, your will be done even you know, just in case I'm not praying your will. So so I'm going to give you some teaching really quick here and then we're going to do some preaching. You're going to get the full package today. There's there's two types, there's more than two, but there's two big ones. So I'll just let's keep it simple. There's 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 prayers where people pray for guidance. And there's prayers where people pray of faith or for faith. So prayers for guidance. In these prayers, I don't know if I put this on the screen or not. Maybe I didn't. Yes, I did. So prayer for guidance. We pray for wisdom. Of course, we pray for guidance. We pray for discernment. In other words, we're praying for God's will. We're saying, God, I don't, I don't know the direction here. Like, I don't know your will. Maybe it's a career change. And you're like, God, I don't know. Do I stay where I'm at? Do I go? What's your will? I don't know. See, that is a prayer for guidance. And those prayers, you can be like, God, I want your will. I need your will. But then there's also prayers of faith. Say faith. This is what I want to focus on today. So a prayer of faith is different. We can put it up. A prayer of faith. We are, we are praying based on our belief that we know the will of God. Before we pray the prayer. See, when you're praying over somebody else, this is why it's so important that we're in God's word. You'll see that. When you're praying over somebody else, you don't want to just guess. You, I mean, a prayer of faith is you already know the will of God. I'll give you an example. Say you're praying over someone's marriage, and their marriage is in disarray, and you pray, God, I want you to heal this marriage. Do you have to close that prayer by saying, if it's your will? No. No we can we can know that God who created marriage wants to heal marriages that's God's will so that's a prayer of faith you don't need to pray for guidance you know God wants to put it together so do you need to do you need to pray for God's will when you're praying for someone to be delivered from addiction maybe a friend or a family member no I think it's safe to say that God would love to see people be set free from addiction right that's a prayer of faith you know the will of God Do you need to pray that the Dallas Cowboys win the Super Bowl? No, we know that's the will of God. There's things that, okay, maybe not the last one, but hopefully you know where we're going with this. A prayer of faith, you already know the will of God. You know it. You're just boldly praying that it will happen by faith. Guidance, you don't know the will of God. You're like, I don't know what to do here. So that's, they're different. And, and, uh, you know what, let me just add something. Whether, whether you're praying a prayer of faith or a prayer of guidance, you need to know this. Prayer is the central avenue that God uses, uses to change us. Prayer is the central avenue, the, 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 one of the main ways that God uses to change us. Repeat after me. Say, to pray is to change. To pray is to change. To praise is to change. That is the title of today's message. I want to preach to you um, out of the book of James in the New Testament. James is Jesus' his little brother. Wouldn't that be a big shoes to fill, but that's a whole nother story. So James, technically half-brother, same, same mom, different dads. Uh, James was not a believer for most of his life. He thought his brother was a nobody. But all of a sudden, he was changed through an event that happened. And he started to write down some amazing things through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. In James 5.13, listen to what he writes. People will say, oh, the word of God isn't applicable to my life. Tell me this isn't applicable. James 5.13, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You, you You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders or the leaders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, boy, it's really getting good here. Now we're going from healings to to spiritual healing. If you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 16, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other. Why? So that you can be healed. The power of prayer. And then this last sentence gets me. The earnest prayer of a righteous person. Say righteous. That means obedient person. A person who truly is seeking and living or trying to live the will of God of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What did we just learn there? Not all prayer is the same. Not all prayer carries the same power. Not all prayer is heard the same by God. Not all prayer produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person, by show of hands, let's let's just do a survey, by show of hands, how many you want this year To be full of blessings and and answered prayers. Raise your hand. Yes. I mean, I got both hands up. I I am all in on blessings and answered prayers. Here's the reality. God wants to bless you. But he wants your obedience more. Okay. The obedience brings blessings. We want the blessings, but then we want to live our own way. Or maybe that's just me. That's, That's how I've lived most of my life. God wants to bless us. So 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. just to kind of go off script of our other scripture for a second. You might be familiar with this one, but, but listen to what it says. God is saying, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Are we a humble nation? No. If you will humble yourselves, pray. That's what we're talking about today. Seek me, seek my face, and turn. Repent, turn from your wicked ways. In other words, God is saying, if you will live righteously, if you will be obedient, watch what I'll do. I'll hear you from heaven. I'll forgive their sins. I'll restore your land. The promises that God gives, but it's conditional. It's conditional based on, are we living the way that God wants us to live? I wrote it down. A prayer from a heart, A prayer from someone's heart that isn't right with God won't succeed. It won't. Oh, by the way, if your heart isn't right with somebody else, then your heart isn't right with God. Because he loves that somebody else. A prayer from a heart that is not right with God won't succeed. That, as a pastor, that convicts the heck out of me. Because I get the opportunity to pray for a lot of people. And God forbid that my prayers are hindered by the way that I don't love, or the way that I don't seek to live God's will. Oh, man, that's why our prayer team is so incredibly important. Oh, my gosh. So, let me me get back to the scripture for a second. Remember, James was talking. He's like, pray for others, confess and pray, and you'll be healed, remember? Prayer of a righteous person, wonderful results. Then he continues in verse 17, and he says, he says, Elijah... Now, he's going Old Testament now, talking about an Old Testament prophet. Elijah was a human, just like you and even, you and me. Yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, prayer is powerful. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield crops. Wow. As soon as I read that this week, I thought of this. I thought... When the, when the rain is plentiful, when things are good, the family is doing well, the kids are listening, the cupboards are full. When things are good, prayer is kind of an afterthought, isn't it? But, but when you're in a desert, when you're in a storm, it, it's the only thought. I, it's just, and some of you, listen to me, some of you, that's why you're watching right now. That's why you're listening right now. That's why you're here today is you've been in this season. It might be just a week, it might be yesterday, it could be 2 years. And a season of hardship. Can you relate? A season of struggle. A season maybe even of tragedy. And you're in the battle. And you're in the fight. And I'm telling you, God brought you here. God loves you. And the more you understand how much he loves you, the more you will pray to him. (laughs) Promise you all that connection. When it strengthens, everything out here changes. It's why this series is so huge. Spiritual discipline. I want to show you, God wants to teach you and I the power of prayer and then how to do it. Is it a prayer of guidance? Is it a prayer of faith? How, how can I be effective in my prayer? Oh, it matters how I live. All these things. So I couldn't just stop at James, because when he mentioned Elijah and how Elijah prayed in the rain and all the power, I had to check it out for myself. I had to go back into 1 Kings where it really happened. And, and I, I want to read a little bit to you. And, and I'll set it up by telling you that Elijah was his prophet who was far from perfect, but he was seeking the Lord. When you seek the Lord, your prayers are more powerful. Okay, so Elijah seeking the Lord, the, the the rain that he prayed would stop, it had stopped, and now Elijah is going to pray that it starts to rain again. First Kings eighteen, verse forty one. Elijah said to Ahab. Ahab is the current king right now, an evil king. Elijah said to Ahab. Go and get something to eat or drink, or eat and drink. I hear a mighty rainstorm is coming. It hasn't rained in three and a half years. So Ahab, he went to to eat, went to drink. But Elijah climbed up to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed low to the ground, prayed with his face between his knees. It doesn't give the words that he prayed in this prayer, but I'm, I'm... I can confidently tell you, he didn't say, God, send the rain if it's your will. He didn't say that. He didn't say it. God, thy will be done regardless of what I'm saying out of my mouth. He did not say that. There's, there's no way, and I'll show you how we can know that. Let's continue in verse 43. He prays, remember, he prayed face between his knees. Then he said to the, his servant, go and look towards the sea tell me what you see. The servant went and looked, came back to Elijah and said, I don't see nothing. It it looks like it's looked for the last three and a half years. Seven times Elijah tells him, all right, go back and look now. All right, go try now. Go check it out now. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud. I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising in the sea. I, I saw this cloud. See, somebody here, you've stopped believing that the rain will ever come in your life. But but there's a cloud. You, you've stopped having hope in a situation in your life that you have deemed hopeless. I'm telling you, there is a cloud. You stop believing that God is going to answer your prayers. But I came to tell somebody, there is a cloud rising in the sea. Nothing is more powerful than prayer. Nothing is bigger than prayer. Nothing. I see a cloud rising in the sea. took seven times. Don't you give up. Don't you give in. Oh, by the way, Do you know how I can tell you confidently that there was no, if your will, in in Elijah's prayer? Elijah already knew God's will. Do you know how Elijah already knew God's will? God told him. God's word. Let let me go back to the very first verse of the chapter before any of those prayers took place. 1 Kings 18.1. Later on in the third year of the drought, the Lord spoke to Elijah. And here's what he said. Go and present yourself to the king, to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send the rain. Elijah already knew. He knew the will of God. How? He, it, he, he listened to the word of God. Now, now listen to this. In the Old Testament, God, God's chosen method of communication was through prophets like Elijah. He'd speak to a man or a woman, a prophetess, and he would speak to them and they would tell the people. You and I have such an advantage. We have the word of God in front of us, on our devices, in in the Bible. We can get it whenever we want it. The word, when you know the word, he knew the word of God. That's how he could confidently pray for rain. And I'm sure he's like, you know what, servant? God said it. Go back there for the fourth time. That's how he, he'll, he'll send them 70 times because God said it. And is God's word good? It, can you trust God's word? Yes, people. You've heard it said, people are people are only as good as their word. You, you, I'm sure you've heard that statement. I had a I had a friend. Well, I use that term a little bit loosely. Uh, this is a guy I knew back in the day, and uh, his word. I wanted to trust it because he kept telling me, "I promise you, Monty. I promise you." And he was he was setting me up with somebody now. If you're under thirty, you'll never know what it's like to have a real blind date. You won't. You just will never experience it because we have we have media channels now and we have apps where we can stalk people. Don't act like you've never done it. So, um, but we can we can check check it out before we go and see them. Or, but, but I didn't back then. We didn't have those things. So it was a it was a blind date. And he said, I'm gonna set you up. And he goes, You won't be disappointed. Oh, she's pretty. She's got big beautiful eyes and. You know, and, and, and I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't know. And he kept saying, I promise, man, I promise you. And then he, he knew I was reluctant, so you know what he said? He said, my girlfriend and I will meet you at the restaurant. That way, if it's going sideways or it's not what you thought it was going to be, you know, you're not just stuck with her, but you'll have us there too. And I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll do this. So I go to the place. We're going to meet at the bar. Here's the deal. My friend's not there. <laughs> Friend. My friend's not there. His girlfriend's not there. I wait there for five, ten minutes after the time. I see this girl sitting at the bar. Now, everybody else is kind of talking to people, but she wasn't. And I'm like, well, maybe that's her. So I, I walk up, and I said, I said, are you so-and-so? And she turns to me, and she says, yes. And as she turns to me, uh, all I could see was her big eyes that he talked about. You know why? Because she had glasses as thick as, like, bulletproof glass. I mean, Somewhere there were two bottles of Coke missing the bottom. I'm just being honest. She, and I know I shouldn't judge, but I did. So there. So I'm like, my gosh. She was truly a blind date. I mean, literally. So that was bad. I'm not, the good news is if I needed to get out of there, I, I could have ran out and she wouldn't have saw me. I guarantee you. But it, uh, it was a true story. and it was. Uh, but, but I remember his words. I promise. I promise. I will never. I would, you think I'd ever trust what he said again? So I thought of that story and I wrote this down. Oh, this is good. I wrote down the power to believe a promise. This is just listen to this depends entirely on your faith in the promise maker. The power to believe a promise from somebody or somebody totally depends on your faith in, in, in the promise maker, in that person. Your God is a promise maker, and your God is a promise keeper. I promise you that. You can trust his word. You can trust his truth. But 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 we need to be in it. We need to know it, especially if you're doing intercessory prayer where you're praying over other people. It brings me to the main point, which I need you to know. We must, say must, we must hear, know, and obey the will of God. And you won't know the will of God unless you're in the word of God. The will of God before we can pray it into the the lives of others. You can't pray into the life of somebody else that you don't have. You can't can't be praying by faith, pretending to know God's will for somebody else's life, when you're not in the word to hear from God. The only way Elijah knew it, God's word. God told him. That's how he knew. That's why he would go two, three, five, seven times. We talked about that. It's so key. We need to be, that's why the online message last week, I mean, did Sarah Bedinger bring the word of God last week? I was like, dude, I know he's trying to steal my job and he's gonna get it. So it's, it's so fun having, watching him preach because he, he, he taught you, we need to cultivate the field and prepare the land for the seed, the seed being the word of God. Well, there's no seed coming to you if you're not getting in the word. I just, I just, it's so key that you catch this. This is why for 21 days, from now until the 29th, we are doing 21 days of prayer, uh, 14 days of fasting, which we'll talk about next week. 21 days of prayer. So you can find this plan on our website. uh, Meadows Church, uh, um, click on the prayer tab, and then click on 21 days of prayer. It will give you the plan, scripture to read starting today. In fact, today will be James 5. We're reading together, and then afterwards you pray. You pray based on that scripture. I'm telling you, when, you, when we get in the word together, God will do something supernatural. Revival is happening in Meadows Church, but I don't think it's as near as big and powerful as God wants it to be. So if we collectively will do this together, we will pray together daily in accordance with the word that we're reading together. Get on the, get, please get on the website Life groups, you know, get in here together. Take a little portion of your group time. Purpose groups, we're going to do this together. It's so powerful. You'll, you'll, you'll gain confidence in praying for yourself, your family, and others. And understand something. When you have the will of God and the word of God in you, you can be confident to pray for somebody else. And don't wait when you have that. Don't, don't wait to pray for somebody else. And people will ask, I don't know if I have the faith to pray for somebody else. Listen, if you've already walked up to somebody or you've approached somebody, that shows that you already have the faith to pray over them. Normally, what I find when you pray for other people, faith isn't the problem. You know what the issue is? Compassion. Every, take this in. Every healing, every healing in the New Testament involves compassion. Everyone. Every one. See, our problem isn't faith a lot of times. It's the fact that we maybe don't care as much as we should. And we have to ask God to continually com- give us compassion to change our hearts and make it more like him. He was a compassionate God. We don't pr- I don't want us to pray because, well, it's a series we're in. We've got to do it. That's how it might start. But the more you do it, the more it's going to be in your heart. I, wa- I don't want us to pray because we have to. I want us to pray because we, we love the person. We have compassion for the person and what they're going through. This is why we pray. This is what it's about. 21 days of prayer. Oh, gosh. So, so coincidences. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I, uh, I'm preparing for this message. I'm at the library, La Vista Library. I'm surprised they don't kick me out. It's like a free office for me. I'm there all the time. So, uh, I hope they never ask for my library card because... I ain't got one. So anyway, so that's a whole nother thing. I'm just trying to be honest. This is a safe place to confess. So this gal, I'm at the library. I said, I cannot believe you sent me this message because I'm sharing it. I didn't even ask for permission. I don't care. I'm not gonna use names unless unless God prompts them to come out of my mouth. So I'm just kidding. So this gal sends me this as I prepare for you and what God has for us today. Talking about Christmas Eve service at Meadows Church. Pastor. I planned to go to Christmas Eve service at Meadows, having had a rough couple days. I was struggling. I pull in, and I'm sitting in the parking lot, contemplating whether I should go, contemplating the joy I might encounter. Not always easy. Not always easy. We were experiencing some difficult things in the family. She said, I love the honesty. I just didn't feel very merry. So I bowed my head in my car, and I began to pray for strength. Right out in the parking lot. In the midst of the prayer, can't make this up, came a knock on my car window. I was parked pretty far away from the front door on way one side, so it's not like I was parked right out front. It was a young woman. She introduced herself as a member of the Meadows prayer team. I can't drive. I haven't even shared this with you yet. This should warm your heart. I know it will. She asked if she could pray for me. As she began, we both became emotional. As it turned out, she needed prayer for her and her family as well. I went to the 5 o'clock service. I left much lighter than when I came. I am so incredibly grateful for for Meadows, for the prayer team, for that person. So grateful that she would see me take the time, have compassion to pray for me. Is that amazing? That's the power of prayer. It brought her into the environment to hear a word from God, get, get hope instilled in her and leave with the power of Christ to take and give to others. I was so blown away. Coincidence? You know, what? here's the deal about coincidences. They seem to happen more frequently when you pray. I'm just going to say that. Don't they, Dion? They happen more frequently when you pray. Okay, one more quick story, and then we're done. The power of prayer. You need to leave here believing in it so much. And that's the first thing, you, some of you right now, I pray you're already praying. A woman who becomes a widow, unexpectedly struggling. Struggling with what she's going through, grieving a loss. And then not having much to begin with and having less now. Goes out on her front porch to pray to God. A God that she believes in big time. So she prays that God would help take care of her, help gr- help her grieve, help her heal, comfort her, and also take care of her physically as she had really no food in cupboards or anything. So she's asking God. And she's persistent. So she doesn't just ask the one day. The next day she goes out, she's on her porch again, praying to God, all by herself. Husband is gone. God, send groceries. God, send help. God, send your healing power. God, send your comfort. Third day, she goes out there again. Same thing. <laughs> Prays the same prayer. A couple days later, it's the weekend, and she goes out to run an errand, opens the door, porch covered with groceries, sacks, full of groceries. She doesn't hesitate. She starts praising God. God, you did it. God, I knew you would listen. God, I knew that you cared. God, I know that your word is true. God, I know that you listen when I talk. God did it. God, you did it. God, you did it. She's praising him. God, you did it. God, you did it. God did it. And all of a sudden, her neighbor comes over. A neighbor that she knows well and knows that he's not a believer, but but an atheist. And he says, God didn't do anything. And she said, what do you mean? He said, I heard you praying. In fact, you wouldn't shut up night after night after night talking and praying to a God that isn't even there. A God that's not real. He said, I felt sorry for you. That's what he said. I felt sorry for you. That you would pray to some non-existent entity about something tangible like food. So I went out and I got your groceries to prove to you that there is no God. That you pray to nobody. And that it's it's stupid to even go out on your front porch and talk to nothing that's there. And she looks at him. She looks at the groceries. And she looks up to God. And she said, God did it. God did it. God did it. And he used the devil to pay for it. God did it. God did it. God. My God did it. God did it. God answers prayers in ways that you can't believe. And he wants to use you and I to carry out his will. I want you to start expecting change when you pray. I want you to pray like change will and should happen as you pray. We trust God with the results, but pray by faith in the word of God. Knowing he loves you and knowing he listens. And knowing at the end of the day, he always has your best interest in mind. God did it. God did it. Here's one thing you probably don't need to pray for. You, You can, but... When we talked earlier and had Catherine standing right here, a woman who never dreamed she'd be out of Wisconsin, let alone giving her life away to a church that she'd never heard of, you don't need to pray about inviting. Okay, you don't need to pray that. Just trust me. You don't need to pray about inviting somebody. You don't. And so, and people, I've said that to somebody and I'll hear people say, well, you know, if God wants to grow his church, God's going to do it. Well, you know what I say to that, and this is the Monty Living Translation? Bull crap! That's what I say to that. Trust me. God wants His church to grow. Jesus Christ didn't hang on a a cross for His church not to grow. God just wants you and I to, to participate, go out, love people, reach people, and push back the gates of hell together. You don't need to pray for it. In fact, the host team I don't know if there's host team in here or if they're out there but but during the final song I thought of this you'll see why in a second but we have three sets of pens, Meadows pens, tons of them and we're going to bring them up here during the closing song and while we sing and worship together I want you just to come up and grab a handful of pens, those pens for this week and the next week and through the month of January are your invite cards, you give those away to people just invite them in vitamin medals. Why a pen? That's weird. It's because the scripture God gave me to close you out. God wants us to go after lost people, church. In the scripture in Luke, God, Jesus, God in the flesh, sends out seventy-two people. Did He need seventy-two people to reach people? No. He's Jesus. He can do whatever he wants. Him and the Father together. They can pretty much reach anybody and everybody. They've just chosen to use you and me. We're plan A. I like to say it that way. There is no plan B. These 72 people were plan A. Luke 10, 17. When the 72 disciples that were sent out by Jesus to go witness and proclaim the good news of Christ, when they returned... They, they reported, and they were so excited to tell Jesus, Lord, you're not going to believe it. Even the demons were obeying what we were saying in your name. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of what I said would happen. I've given you a power. I've given you authority. Yes, Jesus said. And then what he says Oh man, I, he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, and he speaks to the 72 and you and me today, and he says, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. When you've surrendered your life to Jesus, his authority and power resides in you. This is, this is amazing. I've given you power. I've given you authority. And then he and then he pulls back and listen, I love this. So they could get all puffed up. Yeah, that's right. Christ in us. I'm going to do this and devil devil's going to bow down to this and do that. And that's all true and that's all awesome. And then Jesus but 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 hey hey hey. Despite all the power, despite all the authority, don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. What? Why not? Now nah. Jesus says rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. It's like Jesus is saying I've I've equipped you and you're going to be the church but at the end of the day don't rejoice over the invites that you're giving out. That's good. Do that. Don't rejoice over the scripture that you know and the, the, the groups that you lead and the people that you serve. That's all awesome. But if that was all stripped away know this, rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. Nothing is more, nothing's more important. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's why we've chosen pens for invites for the next few weeks. Written, you want, I want people's name written in the book of life. Don't rejoice that the devil bows down to you, and he must in Jesus' name. Rejoice that you've surrendered to me, Jesus says. That's how you're saved, by the way. Not by your goodness. Not by all the things that you do and the prayers that you pray. None of that saves you. It's powerful stuff. It just doesn't save you. God's grace saves you. And your faith. The faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. When you believe that, and you call on his name... Jesus, I'm messed up. I'm screwed up. I'm a sinner and I know it, but you're a savior. That's what I'm hearing. You came came to save a wretch, a train wreck like me. I want that. You can say that to him now. And if you mean it, and if it's real and you really want to turn from the way you've been living, the Holy Spirit will enter into you now, online, even though you're not in the room, now, I got so many scriptures written down. I could keep you here all day. I just, I couldn't stop with this message. Okay, I'll give you one more. This one's not even on the screen because I just, it wasn't planned. Romans 8, 34. Who then will condemn us? No one will condemn you. Why? Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And where's he at right now? Good question, because Romans, Paul, through the insp- inspiration of the Holy Spirit, answers it. Christ in the flesh is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading, intercessing for you. Prayer's not powerful. You have Jesus Christ praying for you right now to the, to the Father. It's powerful. Trust me. Intercessing, pr- praying. You know what I wrote down? I put, to think that Jesus sits at the right hand of God and pleads for us, the incredible love he has for us and the constant pursuit of going after you and me. We are saved by God's grace through faith when we believe. Surrender your life to Christ today. Mark down that I'm going to get in the word of God for 21 days. I'm going to follow that plan on on the website if I'm going to pray over others, I better know the word of God. I better be trying to live the will of God. That's how I'm going to hear from God. You're going to hear some revelations in this series. I, 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 I have such a big mouth. I want to tell you everything now, but I can't. i gotta be pa- I got to be patient and disciplined, right? So, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm so glad you're here. Keep coming. Invite pens, those pens. I want those pens up here, please. Bring them up. We'll put we'll put some here, here and take a handful. We got like a thousand of them for this. So use them. Set them places. Have conversations. Yeah, one there and then one right in the middle and then maybe one over there. I think yeah, thank you. Perfect, perfect, perfect. You guys are awesome. Oh, man. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and your truth. (laughs) Oh, man, the power of prayer. If I were to ask everybody in the room or watching or listening online, do you want something in your life to change for the new year? Do you know what answer I would hear unanimously? Yes. Yes yes I'm here to tell you to pray is to change you are not here by accident you are not here by coincidence you are not listening because it's a fluke you are here because God purposed and planned you to be here to hear a specific message and a word of truth love hope and grace from him spiritual discipline spiritual fitness 101 God Help us get fit. We, we're starting with prayer. Because that's where your son started with. And he prayed, God. And he prayed in all places, at all times. And then the word of God says we should do the same. Never cease praying. God, instill in us right now the power of prayer. If we don't believe in it, we ain't gonna do it. But if we believe in the depths of our heart that prayer is powerful and prayer changes things and prayer changes us we are more inclined to pray god i thank you for everybody who's a part of this church continually work and move in our lives may we do whatever the holy spirit tells us to do Writing information on a card. Maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a decision. Baptism. Someone's going to write down baptism because they got questions or they're ready to do it in a few weeks. Whatever the case is, God, may we be obedient. The most important part of what's happening in this message is what happens after this message. This isn't church, this is a huddle. Church begins when we leave here. And we're not being dismissed, we're being sent to be salt and light and life in a world that is tasteless, dark, and hopeless. And God sent light. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, God, thank you for the greatest gift we could ever be given. Do a work in our hearts right now. Change us from the inside out, God. Have your way. It's a new year, but you're the same God who changes lives, sets captives free, and provides hope to people that are hopeless. Do your thing. We'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray and we all say, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for watching today, but don't stop there. I want to invite you to like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. But not only that, share this message with a friend. I mean, there are so many people out there hurting, struggling, and you have the ability to make an impact in their life. And finally, if, you're, if you live in the Omaha area, I want to encourage you, come join us on a weekend service. We would love, love to meet you. God bless you.